Welcome back to the Effort Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Klepa, and today is an exciting show. It's our first ever live show with Gabe, MDV, and myself. So we put it out on YouTube and on Facebook. We'll be doing these on a regular basis, so make sure to check them out where you can ask your questions while we're going live, talking about what's on our mind for this week. We talk about the Morning Chalk Ups article in regards to E. coli at the CrossFit Games. We talk about O2 the brand and how they're funding crowdsourcing talk about nfts a little bit mdv actually bought his first two nfts exciting stuff we had a question about our favorite type of workouts what are they of course we had to answer that and finally finish off this idea of food the effort over everything 40 challenge and gym owners going to wada palooza i hope you and your families are doing well we're excited to keep these going on a regular basis we'll be adding more and more content podcasts with additional guests soon Hope you guys have a great day. Let's dive into great episodes. All right, Gabe. We are officially live. We are waiting for Mr. MDV. He'll be coming up, I'm sure, at some point. Um, this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. I'm really excited about it. We are going live through a new platform um, that we got. And we're just chopping it up like we do every single week, but this time doing it with the ability for people to ask comments or questions through YouTube and also through Facebook. So thank you for everyone who's joining us. Really appreciate you guys being on. Hopefully this is working as well as I was hoping for. Um, but Gabe, how's your morning been, man? What did you go? What have you been up to this morning? It's good, man. We're um, in a little bit of a cold front here in Texas, which oh, isn't crazy boy. cold. It's nothing crazy. It's just... Man, a lot goes into having a bunch of animals you have to take care of when the weather isn't cooperating. You know, everything we do is super easy when weather's cooperating, but, you know, it's a little bit more stressful when you have all these little uh, or, or not so little animals you got to take care of. Yeah. I mean, I, so your morning was completely different from my morning. So you're out there in Texas with your ranch, keeping up with your animals, doing all different types of things. And here I am, I'm in California and I was in the garage getting my back squats on. Same exact idea though. You never know what's going to come at you. Uh, Caden ends up throwing up. So that was, uh, that was interesting. Oh no! And uh, so he, he gets a, a pass from school and uh, I got a little break from my back squats. So I wanted to ask you though, while we're on the subject, from a workout perspective, would you, what was your, what is your routine looking like right now in the mornings? Uh, aside from obviously all the housekeeping yeah. items with your, your house. Yeah. So I try and work out every morning before kind of like starting the, I don't know, maybe last three quarters of my work day. I like to get a lot of work done super early in the morning. I go out, I do farm stuff. And then right after that, since I'm already kind of out there, I try and get my workout in. And then, I mean, it's going to sound like a plug and obviously we're biased, but I just check the NC Fit app and poke around and honestly just cherry pick something that feels like what I want to do. Some days I want to breathe super hard and, and, and get my ass handed to me. Sometimes I want to like lift a little bit and get a little bit of a pump. And it's cool because, you know, training used to be getting beat up every single day. And now that training is really just about, you know, adding value to my everyday life, I just do whatever I feel like it. And yeah. that means that there are some movements that honestly, I'm probably never going to do again. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting with it when the way the training ebbs and flows. So for me, I, I back squatted this morning because, uh, I back squatted this morning because later on I'm going to be going to jujitsu. Oh, there is MDV. Welcome to the party, brother. Oh yeah. I'm here, man. Sorry. Didn't, uh, somebody didn't put the link into the calendar invite. So I had to search for it on Slack. 
Oh, that was a little, all right. Well, <laughs> we're talking about training. We're talking about morning routines. Um, I was just sharing that when I look at my day, um, in the mornings, I oftentimes will ride the bike or I'll go for a walk with my daughter or whatnot. But today I know that I'm going to jujitsu later. And so I wanted to make sure I got in some form of strength. So I did some basic, you know, five by five back squats. And I actually supersetted that with the reverse hyper. It's something I've been incorporating in my training lately. And I really, really enjoy uh, using the reverse hyper. I know MVV is going to be getting one soon, but for those of you who haven't tried to reverse hyper, it's a cool tool. Just make sure you know how to use it appropriately. Before we continue to dive into the episode, just want to remind you guys, if you're on YouTube or on Facebook, go ahead and shoot us some comments, shoot us some questions as we flow through our conversation. We'll make sure to jump into those. So MDV, what was your morning training like today? Oh, this morning got up at 4.45 a.m., which is the wake-up time for the EOE 40 challenge for me, which, Woo! yeah, it's, you know, I had posted something yesterday where I was like, oh, this is getting pretty easy. And then this morning I was like, ah, I don't really want to get out of bed at 4.45, <laughs> but I made it happen. Um, after about 15 minutes of doing some stuff on uh, Facebook, we actually had some stuff that came up that I wanted to answer really quickly. Uh, got after a 21-minute uh, running clock bike workout where two minutes of it uh, were 65 to 70 RPM. So, you know, going moderate, moderate high, and then one minute of just moving the legs, but staying on the bike for all 21 minutes and then followed that up with a 15 minute sauna at 200 degrees. And then, uh, had another podcast right before this. And now this podcast. Talk me through the sauna because, uh, you're using infrared, right? No, 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 no. I'm you're not using a, the traditional sauna. Yeah. Traditional coil and stone. Um, and people kind of fall into, you know, two camps here, you know, they have the infrared lovers and they have the traditional, uh, coil and stone lovers. They both have benefits and they both have advantages and disadvantages. I think overall for me, I really just love the experience of the coil and stone sauna. It's, it gets hotter. It heats the air first, as opposed to heating your body first. I like that traditional feel. I like pouring the water over the coals. I like feeling that really intense heat. That for me is very, very enjoyable. It's cathartic. I feel very relaxed. So, you know, personal preference for me is the coil and stone. Uh, the infrared heater heats the body first through the infrared rays and then heats the air after that. It doesn't get as hot in the infrared sauna as fast and you feel it a little differently. It kind of sneaks up on you slowly. Like you're just sweating and little beads yeah. and all of a sudden you're kind of like sweating more and more and more. You can definitely have more staying time in the infrared sauna. Um, the traditional sauna right away. If you walk in, it's 200 degrees. You're like, Woo, it's hot. Yeah. Uh, Selen says uh, infrared sauna all the way basically is what I'm seeing. And uh, I think, I think you did a great job describing the two of them. Um, MDV. I, I've, I've tried both per, in particular, like the infrared, I, I was sent an infrared and the only way I really felt like I was getting any type of like real, like, like sweat, like old school sweat was if I put a, a, a bike in there. So I would put a bike in there and I would go on long rides. But to your point, it just never got super hot. Whereas the coil, the traditional sauna, especially when you pour the water of the stones, it's like, shh, and it just, it's a different type of feeling. So I'm looking forward to getting a sauna again. You got to go ice, ice first. Oh my gosh. Eyes first. Oh, hey, bang for your buck, man. It's 600 bucks all, all in. You got full setup for ice plunges every single day, man. Now you converted your um, reach-in freezer, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of people do. They have these really fancy like cold plunges, but essentially they do exactly the same thing. Because what I got for mine is I even got an ozonator. 
um, which helps keeps the water pretty clean. I could put a water filter in there too, but honestly, I just like once a month go in and like clean all the water out and put fresh water in. And honestly, it doesn't get like anything at all. But um, I'm telling you, man, ice yeah. bath. Selling again with the comment. We just got an ice bath set up too. Love that stuff. Yeah, so I love that shit, actually, he said. Um, and so, yeah, look, if you guys are joining in, hit us with your comments. But um, yeah, Gabe, so, you know, I got after some squats and some other stuff. Uh, MDV got after his. You are running after animals this morning. Um, I particularly like the wake up time because of the EOE 40. It's been really valuable to me. I actually talked to uh, Sal Brazil this morning, uh, MDV, and um, yeah, I'm finding that morning time super rewarding to start the day. Uh, but what's on the agenda for today, Gabe? What did you, uh, I know you had something to talk about. I shared some stuff with you guys that I'm, I'm curious to hear your opinions about. Um, obviously, we've been talking a lot about the Dave Castro news for the past two weeks on the podcast. Seems like that's kind of just like fizzled out. Oh, no, 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 no. Or maybe it hasn't. I, I don't think it has fizzled out, man. I think that I haven't been seen some... anything. Well, I thought, it, I thought it fizzled a little bit too. Well, uh, it definitely but... fizzled a little bit. But let's go to see this a little bit here because I just got done talking about this on another, another show. Uh, there was an article that was posted on the morning chalk up that revealed that I don't know if it was one year or over multiple years. The e. that, coli. Yeah. Madison oh, e. health officials had advised CrossFit game staff that E. coli levels were higher than uh, normal acceptable levels to swim in. Like it was elevated to the point where it might cause illness or sickness and that the CrossFit team was uh, informed of this and then went about with the events anyway in this lake um, and that morning chalk up is kind of publicizing this right now and you know if you put your tinfoil hat on for a second i was gonna say maybe you're saying that this is a, a you know a schmear job against dave um i don't think that it is i i kind of think that morning chalk up is in the business of selling clicks and selling subscriptions so like any sort of news story that has noteworthiness in terms of like oh shock value they're definitely going to push it to the front this is one of those things but it's also a serious issue like you're taking the athletes and putting them into a potentially dangerous situation, regardless of whether or not like, Hey, the risk of getting sick from E. Coli poisoning and really getting fucked up is relatively low. I still think that that's something that, you know, kind of shows people's cards a little bit behind the scenes about like, what were they concerned about? They were way more concerned about just the event going on as planned without hitch and not necessarily changing up or going to a different body of water or going to a pool when they found out this information. But ultimately, well, you remember people it, getting sick, right? MDV. I mean, I remember being at the games and some people would, would, would bow out. Right. That definitely was referenced in the article. I mean, I remember, um, there was a couple of athletes who talked about taking, uh, activated charcoal before going into the water, making sure that they like, you know, uh, got their protection before that. But, you know, E. coli is really no joke either. You can get really sick from it. You get the, the runs, you can start throwing up, but you can also get pretty deadly ill from this stuff. And uh, I think that it's definitely newsworthy. Uh, I also think that it's not just a bad look for the CrossFit game staff, but you have the CrossFit brand name attached to the CrossFit games. You can't decouple those things. So it's a bad look for CrossFit as a whole as well. Um, but that, those are kind of my thoughts on the news. So I, I see this from... A, a different side in terms of I was reading a couple of the comments and, you know, coming from a pretty extensive triathlon history where I, I did races where we swam in the Potomac in DC 
the Hudson River oh, um, dude. in New York City. Oh. Like, there are events that go on in water that is probably in much worse condition than that. And I'm not saying that it isn't a big deal. What I'm saying and what a couple of the comments on the post pointed out was that it's fresh water in the summer months. Like if you test that stuff, like there isn't any body of water that you're going to go out there that's, you know, like clean or, you know, at a point where it's like, oh, perfectly safe. Now, what I think could be happening here, and again, this is based off no information, just kind of me assuming is I think that the town, the city, Madison, you know, protects itself by saying, hey, guys, this is elevated. Like, yeah. you know, we're doing our part in letting you know that this is the case. And then, you know, kind of putting the responsibility on the CrossFit Games team to then make whatever decision. I think it's being blown up to be a bigger deal than it really is. I think it's one of those things where if you're going to be doing open water in the summer, in fresh water, like you need to know, like I, I knew this going into these swims all the time. Like you have to be really careful about taking in water. Like that water is not clean. And ideally you shouldn't be taking some of that stuff in. Now I think uh, an added level of this is, you know, CrossFit athletes aren't swimmers. They're going in there and they're coming in with, I think a different level of experience of being comfortable enough where maybe they're not taking that stuff in. So that's like another just kind of consideration to think about it. But I'm just coming at this where I know that there are a lot of races that are, you know, sanctioned by USA triathlon and, you know, seem to have to go through the checks and balances that you would want to go through for it to be a safe event that I'm assuming is in as bad of shape, if not, you right. know, worse shape than, you know, this Lake in Madison in the summer. Hey, Gabe, I got a question for you. So the I Potomac think a lot of... is gross. It's just that. Oh. The so Potomac I wanna... is the grossest body of water I've ever been in. But, you know, CrossFit athletes are starting to get more and more advanced, obviously, you're, because you've been seeing swimming in there for quite a while. But my question is, from a triathlete, you, you trained a lot more than most people who, who, because you specialize in run, bike, swim. I mean, you just tell yourself, like, hey, try not to swallow any water in this workout. Is there anything specific you do different or you just do what you do? I, I, mean, I don't, you don't really want to swallow water in general, but you know what I mean? I don't think there's anything specific you do. I just know that, you know, the more comfortable you are in the water, the less that's just going to happen. You know, yeah. like if you're, if breathing while you swim is second nature to you, you're just not going to take in water. Like someone that's going into the pool or the water and it's a little bit tense. This isn't their natural, you know, place to compete. It's going to happen a lot, a lot more. So that I'd be, interested, on, yeah, go I'd ahead, be interested to find out whether or not they informed the athletes of mm. the information and gave them the opportunity to protect themselves with whatever you would take prior to this room or just be knowledgeable, be like, hey, listen, I can't be swallowing large amounts of this water because of what's going on. Um, I think they sure did, though, MDV. I, I think they did bring this. I'm not up. sure. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they did. I mean, obviously, Morning Chalk Up is trying to, you know, create stories. I get it. Um I don't know if it directly affects, you know, how M uh, Dave leaving, but I will tell you, uh, when it comes to the CrossFit games, I was actually talking to a friend of mine this morning and he was saying, dude, what is up with CrossFit? What's going on? And I was trying to explain to him that with Dave leaving, it's very emotional for a lot of people. I mean, you see those emotions on the open announcements, like people are like, Hey, sign up the open. And the first, like whatever comments are like, bring TDC back, you know, whatever. It's just like, I think they're, they're, they're still, I don't know how much longer they're going to hold on to that. We'll see if it impacts the open numbers. I'm really curious how many people are going to sign up for that. We'll find out. Yeah, super interesting. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have noticed that there was at least a little bit less buzz around the Castro stuff. Um, but one thing that I saw on social media that um, I'm super curious, your guys' take, and Jay, I know that you've, you know, spoken to, um, man, I'm, I'm, what's his first name? I know his Alex last name's Hormozy. Hormozy. Alex Hormozy on yeah. the phone. So I know you have some relationship with him, but I thought it was, or at least it raised a lot of eyebrows in the space that he sold 66% of his, um, two companies. So he has Jim Launch, which is a marketing um, consulting company, you know, very well known for, you know, pre-COVID doing a lot of business with different types of gyms on this kind of like six weeks challenge model where they ask for several thousand dollars up front. And in exchange, they kind of set you up with a marketing and paid ad campaign that pushes the six week challenge to get a lot of people in the door. Now, very mixed reviews on the efficacy of this stuff. Um, kind of the, the, the pro being that, yes, you're getting a lot of people in the door. The con being that, you know, these very discounted challenges get a lot of people in the door. But are they staying? And what kind of impact is that having on the other members that you have there? Now, I don't really have an opinion for and against. And we have no firsthand knowledge on using the service. But... I do know that it's a company that's obviously done very well because 66% sold for $46 million, which is what Alex actually, you know, shared on his social media. I thought it was interesting, Jason. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I think it's super interesting. I was actually texting with him yesterday or messaging back and forth with him and uh, I'm stoked for him. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see, he is a straight businessman. He is, uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, actually, I think he committed to donating all of his money to charity. I need to, I need to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that him and his wife, I believe came together and they have multiple successful businesses, but if I'm not mistaken, they want to donate everything. Um, and, uh, which I thought was unique, but he definitely, um, exemplifies someone who went out there with the message and was relentless with that message. And he didn't care what anybody thought, right? He could have these haters who say, hey, you bring in a bunch of leads and they're not retaining. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, he sleeps well at night knowing that he added value for at least a certain percentage of those people. And ultimately he created a successful business that got bought out. So I think that is just one story from like the functional training CrossFit market. Uh, RX Bar is another great story, right? Those are cool to see. Uh, Noble, recent evaluation, I'm not mistaken, about a billion dollars. Those are That's great for the industry to continue to evolve like that. So I'm stoked for him and I can't wait to learn more about what happened. You know, I think that one thing that it got me thinking about and another thing that I saw recently and I want to give, you know, O2 and Dave Kalina, friends of NC Fit, a shout out is, you know, kind of different ways that these companies try to get to the next level with fundraising. Mm. You know, like there's the private equity route. There's what O2 is doing, which is a grassroots crowdfunding through Seed Invest, which is a platform that actually allows you to not have to be like a, a you know, professional investor, but you can actually privately buy shares from these companies. And that's what O2 is doing. They're actually reaching out to their community um, and, you know, what Dave has said in emails that, that have gone out, um, which I've been receiving, is this idea that, you know, they don't feel that going the private equity route where the argument's always that then private equity kind of starts to steer the ship in a way that maybe is counter to what got the company to where it is in the first place. So going the crowdfunding route just around, allows them to have that grassroots, you know, growth. So just curious to hear your guys' thoughts on, on both of those 
um, approaches and, and kind of where you think the, the fitness space might be going. I don't know. MDV, what you got, man? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like an outsider in this conversation. This one doesn't really pique my interest all too much, as much as you guys are into it. I'm very uh, interested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool to hear about, um, you know, I think that there's been some really interesting companies that have spawned out of the CrossFit functional training space, you know, ultimately uh i i kind of am interested in what we're fucking doing i want to yeah i, I want to grow our business man like i, I yeah. watch these stories and i get really fired up for people and yeah it's cool to know bill millbull got a, a billion dollar valuation that's great for those guys you know i'm super interested in growing what we're doing at nt fit and really putting our foot to the floor with 2022 um you know i, I hate to uh I don't really have an opinion here. Yeah. There. I'll let well, you no, guys. I think you, I think you're hitting the nail on the head though. Like for me, I think for Gabe, at least for me, I, I try and research these different things just to see if there's anything that we could take away for our business. But I think you're, you're nailing, you're nailing it on the head MDV. Um, you be, I mean, I think you could learn a lot, right? You have O2 going this, this crowdfunding way. You had CrossFit that went more private equity and learning from those and seeing the growth of different companies and how they do it is something that I'm, I, I particularly enjoy. I like researching that because I think we could take it into NC Fit and see how we could grow. Um, that all being said, pivoting to something that I know MDV is fired up about. <laughs> Brady is asking, love the podcast. What are some of y'all's top three favorite workouts? Could be CrossFit, running, Oli, bodybuilding, et cetera. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough question to answer. But I guess we'll, we'll, we'll pivot back to MDV because I know you got oh, some thoughts on this one. Well, I, I didn't want to necessarily change subjects but i didn't also hey, have a good. Super, no no i didn't really have a super strong opinion on like uh o2 or the the crowdfunding or you know what uh jim launched it what i do have a really uh strong opinion on or what i think is really interesting in terms of those kinds of different growth phases of companies is like you are seeing a cultural shift in crossfit in terms of what leadership is going out there and doing and saying you know previously you had a very very grassroots based company they told it like they wanted to tell it. They went out there and they had their party line and they didn't give a fuck about what anybody else thought in terms of what they were going to do or what they were going to say. And they had a very brash attitude. They didn't really play nice in the sandbox with a lot of people. And, you know, for better or worse. Yeah, they sued Gatorade, I think, for $3 million. They spent $3 million yeah. suing Gatorade because Gatorade said thirst your quen or something like really random. They spent a ton of money on. Anyways. They also sued their partner in Reebok and whether or not like that's, they had the uh, the standing to do so. They they definitely uh, you know had a, a case for why they did that. But they you know when you're suing your own partner in the CrossFit game, you know it's, something might be up there. So you know in terms of like where CrossFit was with the leadership of Glassman and Castro and the old guard to where it is going now. Now that you have Eric Rosa and you have all these investors and you have equity money involved and. Uh, you know, maybe there's an IPO down the road or something along those lines. I think it's really interesting to see the cultural shift because I don't know whether or not all of the community is necessarily down for how the culture is being shifted from a leadership perspective in CrossFit, right? And, you know, maybe that's part of the, um, you know, the gig when you're taking on equity money is now you have to serve your equity investors. You have to literally have those people's best interests involved in mind and maybe not necessarily your constituents as much. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I think that that's, that's the super interesting part, right? Is like the argument is always like, can you go the private equity route without like 
the mission of the brand being diluted into an ROI for the people that are now involved. You know, like CrossFit has gotten a lot of grief for, you know, one example is the the monster sponsorship at the games, right? Like you just said, like they went from suing Gatorade and fighting Big Soda to having all the athletes have, you know, promote monster, which is owned primarily by Coca-Cola, right? There's, there's clearly a shift there on, you know, making the deals because the deals make sense versus having this like very firm stance on certain things. Now, obviously there's a side of a company has to do what it has to do to continue to grow because that's what allows it to touch more people. And you can make the argument that they're just making the best deal so that they can get, you know, their brand of fitness to more people, which ultimately is a positive, but it is very interesting to see the changes. Dave Castro being another example of, you know, kind of when new leadership kind of takes into, into account. So I think that that's, that's the interesting takeaway there is can this more grassroots um, approach be something that allows companies to grow while still keeping a firmer grasp on the steering wheel per se? Well, you know, I think Alberto, I, I talk to him pretty often online. Have you ever thought about increasing the value of NC Fit with percentages of for sale? I think what he's referring to is kind of like this crowdfunding uh, concept. And I think that this is like a newer thing. And it's just, I, I think to note on that, I think never say never is the concept would be, hey, if it, if, it, if it seems like the right fit for our trajectory and our mission where we're going, absolutely, we'd consider it. Why not? Um, NC but- NFTs, baby. NFT, dude, NC I got a great NFT, uh, NCFTs, I should say. Dude, I have such a great idea for an NFT. I got to show you guys later. But anyways, um, but back to Albert, you bought know, my first two NFTs recently. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to hear about it, but uh, just it to, to close the loop on this one, I think this is a more of a modern day thing, right? Like back in the day, there was very, you know, there was stock and there was private equity and there was this, there's that nowadays, right? You have the ability to crowdfund or do different types of things because of the internet, because of these different platforms. And, um, I think we're only going to see more and more of this in the future. Uh, and so I'm excited to watch how that goes. And O2 is an example of that. Um, NFTs, uh, Alberto says, uh, Okay, because you brought it up, MDV, what NFTs did you buy and, uh, and, and why did you buy them? Um, so I, I have a buddy who owns a CrossFit gym. His name is Zathan Simpson, and Zathan is a fantastic dude. He's a young guy. He's a super hard worker, great athlete, um, and he is a little bit younger than me, and he was really, really hot on the NFT trend. Like As soon as it hit, he was like, I'm going to go all into this. I'm going to learn as much as I can. I'm going to start mining Ethereum. He like set up his, you know, I don't know if it's in his basement. He's got like 10,000 master computers down there running at all hours of the day and the night, mining Ethereum, whatever the fuck that means. But then he also, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think of like mining Mining. Ethereum. I think of literally something with like an axe and like chopping away, but I think it's just computers running math problems, which is kind of scary. Um, Anyway, so he got into like, uh, fig- thinking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Yeah. And uh, it was really early into Board Ape Yacht Club, which is probably the bluest of blue chip uh, NFTs out there. He also was, you know, super early on the Gary V stuff, which I know Gabe was early on, the V friends. Um, and he was just, you know, talking to me and I wanted to learn a little bit more about what's this whole world about? Is it all nonsense or is it some nonsense or are there going to be more blue chip type of nfts out there or is the bottom going to completely fall out of everything and you know he gave me a really good education we looked at a couple of projects and he was showing me the hallmarks of like what a 
legitimate project will look like and what, you know, the nonsense fake projects might look like. And there's a lot of scams out there. There's a lot of trash. Um, but, you know, we kind of landed on two projects that, you know, looked really cool and enticing to me that I really enjoyed the artwork and then also had a floor price that was steadily increasing and definitely had uh, plans and, you know, reading their discord and all stuff like this had plans to become a bigger type of thing than just, you know, creating some small artwork and hoping that it catches fire. So the, that's I how I it. landed on it. I put a very modest amount of money towards it and uh, we'll see what happens. Dude, I love it. I, I, I was trying to share my screen, but I'm going to share it next time. I have this picture of a signed picture of all the champions from across the game. I have it's Frazier, Ben Smith, Groning, Holmberg, Nico, and myself. Fine. Your audio got a little funky. I don't know if anybody else. All right. Yeah. No, it definitely did. Yeah. Is it back? He tried, to, uh -oh. he tried to try to share his screen and ruined his audio. That's classic. classic. Oh man. That it's back now. Oh, is it back now? Yeah. Back, yeah, yeah. baby. I went, dude. We're trying this new platform. So, I have a I have a cool picture, right, of all the past champions, with uh, exception of um, OPT from 07. Right. And then obviously Justin from this last year, but it's uh Frazier, Smith, Froning, Holmberg, Miko, and myself, and all signed. I thought that could be a cool NFT in the future. Um, anyways, NFTs are really interesting to me because uh, it, it's just worth when we've talked about this before, it's just worth uh exploring. And I thought that could be a cool one for the first one that we try and do. I saw a story, uh, just a random, I, listen, I don't know everything about this world. There, I probably know 1% of it, but I saw a story of a gentleman. He was a, a, young, a young Indian man, and he had taken a uh, selfie of himself every single day for 365 days and then put like some sort of background behind it. And then he turned those into NFTs. And then somehow, somewhere, like it just like got groundswell and people right. started buying he, these things. He sent that to me. Yeah, yeah he made a million... He sold 365 pictures of himself, essentially somewhere upwards of like a million bucks. Uh, it's kind of crazy, but that's the world that we're in right now, man. Hey, this is the metaverse. We're in the metaverse. We're in the metaverse. Um, hey, uh, before we we, I, I love NFTs. I, I do want to make sure we get to Brady's question before this thing's out, and and selling also. Um, uh, you want to pop over to Brady's? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll kick off. So these are my top three uh, favorite workouts. I have a lot of favorite workouts, but just thinking off the top of my head, three. Number one would be any sort of EMOM, triplet EMOM that Ooh. involves three different types of movements. A weightlifting movement, a body weight movement, and a monostructural movement. And you can mix and match these suckers into any way, shape, or form, you know, 18 minutes, uh, excuse me, 21 minutes, 30 minutes, wherever you want to get to, as long as you have that triple format in there, that for me is my favorite kind of EMOM weightlifting, body weight, and then also monostructural. I also really like the workout Chelsea, which is another 30-minute EMOM in the CrossFit space, which is essentially one round of Cindy on the minute for 30 minutes. And if you try to do that workout as fast as humanly possible with finishing all the rounds like sub 30 seconds, you know, kipping and moving really fast on the squats, super challenging. But also if you try to do that workout strict, Strict pull-ups, really perfect push-ups. It's very, very challenging as well. My third favorite style workout would be a bodybuilding style workout, which is like a full body impact for the day. I like to start off with some sort of big lift. I've been working a lot of heavy box squats lately. So that mm. would be like how I would kick it off. 
And then I would go with some chest, some arms, maybe a little bit of additional legs in there, some shoulders, and kind of wrap it all up with a little bit of midline stuff at the end. A full body bodybuilding day for me. Nothing better. Woo. MDV, you must have been having some last port coffee. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, MD, uh, Gabe. So, like, there's just so many in terms of CrossFit functional fitness workouts. There's so many. But the one that, like, I always remember, and I think this is because we used to, A, it repeated in the open a couple of times, but we also used to do it as like a benchmark test a lot back home. It was, I don't remember the actual number of the workout, but it was the one that was, think a 17 minute AMRAP and it was the 60 cal row, 50 toast bar, 40 wall balls, 30 power cleans, 20 muscle ups. And then, and then you get back time, on the row, right? You went back on the yes. row. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that workout, it's just, it's. There's nowhere to hide. It has a little bit of everything. It's engine stuff, which like I, I I tend to enjoy. And I love the fact that it like has the muscles at the end when you're like a complete zombie. Um, so that's, what, that, that's one of the workouts that like definitely stands out. Another one of my favorite workouts, and I actually did this a lot when I was, you know, really into running and triathlons. Jason, you'll appreciate this, is 10-800s on the track. Woo! The 10-800s on the track with equal time run oh. to rest ratio. Uh, is I'm throwing uh, up in my uh, mouth as you're saying one of the most brutal workouts you can ever do, but like one of them, like you just Ten. you're done with that workout and you are. I am a tougher, better human after this, especially if you're able to like keep a really, really consistent race pace. Which you know, at the time, I remember I would try and do it at like my your mile pace is what your goal would be. So uh, half a mile at a mile pace, you rest the same amount of time you work and you're trying to do that 10 times over. Um, that's like an hour. Workout. That's an hour long workout, oh. right? Like 30 oh. minutes of running, three oh, minutes yeah. for 200. Oh, yeah. Going fast. So it's probably yeah, more than an hour. And you're probably yeah, there's a, there's an old school about video. 30 minutes after that. Yeah, there's yeah, a video of Jason doing that. Yeah, CrossFit came out and filmed that one. And uh, yeah, so to your point, MDV, it was – the goal was to go sub three minutes every round for an 800 for 10 rounds with a one-to-one -one work to rest ratio. And, uh, oh boy, that was a tough day on the track, man. That's the 800 is a tough duration, right? It's just long enough where it sucks and you could just go fast enough. I remember when MDB asked us what the worst time domain is to test on the assault bike. And it's, it's that three minute, that like two to three minute time domain is like short enough that you have to like pedal to the metal, but like, you know, just long enough that like kind of have to pace, but you can't really pace. So it's, it's, it's tough. Those are the two that stand out. Um, I mean, a, a third favorite workout is just, it's always nice to get like a chest and arm pump. Like on the days when you just want to feel good, like going out there and just like bench pull up superset, whatever that looks like. It could be what's the, um, CrossFit benchmark workout that's, uh, bench and pull-ups for like max reps. Linda it could be that, or just like Linda. literally bodybuilding oh. four rounds of like, you know, no, tempo, uh, bench, and tempo. bench and pull ups. Uh, excuse me. Linda is the three bars of death, right? I, I yes. Think so. Yeah. Linda is bench deadlift clean. And you were thinking of a pull up bench workout. It's the one that's five rounds. Max, max reps. Body weight, body weight. Max yeah. body weight bench straight into max pull ups. Three minutes rest. Yeah. Uh, that's a tough one too. Um, I love everything you guys just said. Uh, in addition to just odd object stuff I've gotten into lately, you know, I got sandbags and D balls and just stuff like that. A little bit more carryover to jujitsu and just switching it up. You know, I've trained so much for so long that 
you know, this morning I, I did basic back squats and I love it. And I normally do like 20 minutes of, you know, simple fasted cardio. I love doing those type of things, uh, at moderate effort. It's just a nice way to kind of get the mind clear and feel good. Um, but if I have an opportunity to, I'll run in there, I'll grab a hundred pound D ball. I'll do over the shoulder and combine that with like some burpees. And those things always just tax the hell out of me. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that type of stuff. Um, along with obviously EMOMs and AMRAPs and things of that nature. So I like all that stuff for What's sure. What's your favorite named workout of all time? Like if you had a favorite named girl workout of the classics, which would your favorite be? Well, my least favorite is Eva, right? If I had least to say favorite. a least favorite. That's the five that like rounds, a- 400 meter run, heavy kettlebell swing and pull up, I think. Yeah, that one's my least favorite. I think, um, oh man, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I've done so many of them so many times. I don't have one that sticks out as like something I really, Oh, Jackie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Jackie. What am I talking about? <laughs> Jackie's my favorite. Um, that's a good one for me. Uh, obviously it's in my wheelhouse, so I like it, but you know, all these workouts, you know, the thing about that I've learned over the years is like, I just want to get my body moving. I think that's really important. You know, getting the kids, especially like watching how the kids train, just having them move their bodies has been really, really important. And I think you're just winning if you just make it into the garage, make it into the gym, whatever you have going on. So for anybody listening, you know, I think that's that's the key is just walking in the door and get your body moving. And then after that, I evaluate how I feel. And then I either follow the NC Fit app. Well, I basically just follow the NC Fit app, but I don't pick the workout until after I'm done warming up or I go take a class. And the reason why I do that is I want to get my mind right. So sometimes I feel beat up. I've had a you know a couple of hard days of training lately. And um I went in the garage this morning to back squat, but before I did that, I just started warming up and then I determined, you know, how heavy and what I want to do. And I think that's a, that's a good key for anybody who's kind of feeling a little bit beat up, get your body moving and then evaluate how you feel. Yeah. I usually try and like think about and decide what my training is going to be the, the night before, but bloom, my wife makes fun of me all the time because that's always plan a, but many times we go to plan B. So it ends oh. up being that I decide after the workout, but usually I go into the gym with an intention of this is what my training is going to be. And more times than not, that is not what it ends up being. Dude, I did one yesterday. Um, for those of you who guys want to try it, it just, it, it incorporated the, you know, the pull up the box jump over and the bike. And it just, dude, when you do those six rounds, by the way, I, I sent you my scores for that one workout the other day, uh, Gabe, I don't know if you beat me yet, but uh, you're probably not. <laughs> I'm done we, it yet. We talk so much crap back and forth, but, um, Hey, what else did you want to cover, uh, today, uh, Gabe? Well, the other really interesting thing pertaining to gym owners specifically, and oh, you know, yeah, this our friend, our, our friend Stu over at WTF gym talk, you know, said this in, in much more colorful language, but you know, I'll, I'll keep it to, to more of our voice here. Essentially the thought that if you are a gym owner and you are, maxing out your credit card, or even if you're not maxing out the business credit card, but you are spending the thousand dollar, you know, hotel for three nights and the $500 plane ticket to go to an event like Wadapalooza in Miami. And you're trying to tell yourself that you're doing it because you might have a master's athlete that's performing. You have to be there to coach them. But meantime, back home at your business, you're complaining that, you know, your business isn't where you want to be. Is that incredibly irresponsible? Obviously, Stu said that, yes, it's incredibly responsible. Obviously, we know that it is something that gym owners do, right? Like these events are really popular and big get-togethers. And you, you, we've been to them and there's everyone that has the gym owner lanyard. Like it's, it's gym owner galore. It's a big reason that we've gone to these events in the past. 
is that the best use of a gym owner's in money and time? And should they be called out the way that, that, that Stu did? I, um, so here, my personal opinion on this is that I think Stu has a valid point. I think if you are running a business that's struggling and then you're trying to sell yourself a bag of goods that's saying, I'm going to go to Miami on the business credit card. I'm going to spend all this money on hotels, food, and essentially just have a glorified vacation weekend where you're walking around, you know, you got your t-shirt tucked into your shorts and your fist bumping everybody and you're going over and you're trying the O2 drinks and you're grabbing the, the paleo bars and whatever. And you're doing the pull-up challenge. Like, listen, I've, I've been there. I've been there usually for like a company that's flying me there to work at the event. Like I, I wouldn't necessarily spend my own money to go to these events. I think that that's, I do think that there's a level of irresponsibility. If it's the business's money that you're spending and the business is struggling and there's no solid business case for why you would have to be there. I do think you have to take a hard look in the mirror and be like, yeah, probably kind of just snuck one past the goalie in terms of me going to this event and just having like a little of a boys weekend or a girls weekend or whatever. But also on the other side of the equation here, what I think Stu might miss and where I would never tell anybody that they can't do this is like, I don't give a fuck what you do with your personal money. You know, if it's your personal money that you're spending and you're going there and you're going to ha- you're going to say, yeah, I want to take this 2000 bucks and put it towards this weekend where I want to go and have a good time. It, as long as you're not hurting anybody overtly, like you're not paying that money to have somebody hurt. Like, I don't care what you do with that money. It's your personal responsibility to evaluate your personal finances and make the decision about whether or not you think you're responsible enough. Or do you have other obligations that you could be putting that against to go to Miami for water pollution? It's like going to the casino and like you see somebody, you go like, you shouldn't be here spending your money. Like who the fuck? You can't say that to somebody. Even if you think it in your head that they shouldn't be here spending their rent money, that's not your decision to make. Like it's their decision to make. But when it's the business's money, I do think there's a different level of like, yeah, we can, I can have a stronger opinion on that. Well, I think, I think what Stu is getting at, and, and this is just my take on it, so I agree with both sides, right? Like, hey, if it's your personal money, like you do you, I think where it becomes a little bit different is when an owner convinces themselves that there's a business case for it, right? And I think that they need to take a hard look in the mirror and say, hey, is there really a business case for this? Because ultimately, and I've been in this situation hundreds of times, right? I'll look at something and I'll be like, hey, I need to go here. And I look at the expense, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's $5,000. Say, hey, um, you know what? I think there's a business case, but in the back of my mind, I actually don't think there is, maybe there's a little bit, but I just want to go do it personally. And I think that you need to separate your personal desires from the business needs and make sure that they align. And so for us, for example, I didn't go to Wadapalooza this year. I didn't think that it aligned with our business needs. And so we weren't going to go out there and set up a booth and spend the money. And we did other things instead, like being on the Savant podcast and incorporate that way. That was a decision that I made to say objectively take out like all the broing out and the things that I love to be there. I love connecting with people, but ultimately is there a return for the business? And if there isn't, maybe I'm better off just staying here, focusing on the business at hand instead of, you know, trying to get coaches to cover my classes and whatnot. And so I think every owner who, who went to any event, that's also the games, right? Needs to do that evaluation. Are you then also sending mixed signals to your team? 
we're saying, hey, we need to make sure that we're streamlined. We got to do this. We got to do that. We got to keep our expenses low. And then you're at the games where they know it's expensive. They know that you're gone for multiple days and that they have to cover your classes. So it's just something I think each owner needs to evaluate and look themselves hard in the mirror and see if that's the right decision for them. But, but I also think like, hey, if you're a gym owner and you want to take your personal finances and you want to tell your team, hey, listen, I am going away for vacation. I'm going to the games for vacation. This is like, that's what I'm doing. And I'm going to do it responsibly and get my classes covered and make sure that blah, blah, blah is going on. I don't think there's anything wrong no. with that. I, I think that like the, the business case thing, you know, selling your staff a bag of goods where it's like, I'm going to go to the games because it's like the affiliate owner thing to do. And I'm going to network and meet all these people. And, you know, it's definitely like going to produce results for our business. It's probably not homie. Like it's, it's definitely not producing results for your business, but I don't care what people do with their personal money, to be honest. Yeah. They should go out there and go have fun. Right. As long as they frame it in their mind that way. And I've also had it the opposite way where I've tried to frame something in my mind as a business expense, right. In my head. But then when I go out there, I actually have less fun because I feel guilty that I'm, that I'm not driving a return for the business when what I should have done is just reframe it as, Hey, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to have a great time. It's going to be a personal thing. I'm going to enjoy myself. And then I would have just de-stressed myself. But instead, when I think about it as a business expense, I'm walking around trying to think about how can I add value, blah, blah. But in the reality is I should have gone out there and just try to enjoy myself in the first place. So I've had both sides of that as well. Yeah. I think Anyways. it's as simple as that. Just being honest to, you know, is it vacation? Or are you going out there and not trying to like mask it with this networking, right? Got to go out there and network. Man, uh, networking. Hey, by the way, uh, you know, if you guys do have a couple questions before we sign off, make sure you guys put those in the comment section. This is the first time we've ever done anything like this. It's a new background. It's, 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 it's all new for us. Right. And, um, we're also going to produce this on our podcast. Um, but this is, this is, this is a cool thing that we're trying out. And I want to do this on a regular basis in the sense of like, just engage and, and answer the questions you guys might have and, um, try and be more personal. You know, we're, we're really, we're in the trenches on a day-to-day -day basis. We're, we're living it. I mean, currently we're doing the EOE 40 challenge. I've been eating nothing but meat and a little bit of fruit now for 11 days. Uh, I gotta tell you, I mean, I feel good. I, I, I've been tempted for sure. And it's been very difficult, but I feel good. I, I you were I, low. You were like two days ago. You were on the ledge. I was. <laughs> Dude, were, I'm back. You, you were low power mode two days ago. And now you're back. Dude, you know what happened? I think like eight days in, I just hit this lull. And I think what it was, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get ahead of uh, the food. Right. So I, I just, dude, I, I, I had to get ahead of the food. I got too hungry, too quick. And then I'm wearing this glucose monitor and it starts messing with my head, which I'm, I'll talk about that later. But, um, I think for me getting ahead of the food has been really helpful. It's like this morning I trained in the garage in my back squats. I then had three, um, sunny side up or whatever eggs with some of that everything bagel sauce, uh, uh, seasoning. And, uh, and like four blackberries. That's what I've had so far today. And I am ready to run through a brick wall. Four blackberries? Uh, maybe five. One, two, um, three, four. That's not a lot of food, right. homeboy. Hey, 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 I'm just getting started. I'm just getting started. But one of the things I did want to say is that um, the- I can't believe the, we've gone, I can't believe we've gone 45 minutes into this without hearing the three letters CGM. Surprise. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that's been really interesting is, uh, dude, the- the mindset shift a little bit of the getting up early, but also I know it's going to sound weird, but I went to dinner for the first time and my kids ordered like this French toast dessert and it looked so damn good. I mean, it looked delicious and I would normally shut that thing down with no, with no like sense of remorse, but I didn't touch it. 
And also my wife, who's on keto right now, she didn't touch it. And so it was nice because we had kind of had that collaboration, which was was cool. But at the moment, it really sucked for sure. But later on that night and the next day, like I felt good about myself. I felt good about that. Hey, I had the discipline that when I went out to eat with my in-laws and whatnot, I wasn't that guy, right? I just ordered a steak and I was good, but I had the discipline. So for those who are on the edge of trying different things, it was really difficult for me. And it's the first time I've ever like gone this long, but that discipline, like gave me freedom in the words of, of Jocko Willick. There's something to this stuff. I know. Hey, I know uh, Gabe, you have probably something similar to say, go for it. No, no, I was just going to say, I want to make sure we at least acknowledge uh, Selen's question here be, before we head out. But if you had something to say, go ahead. I just want to make sure we don't forget. No, there, there's something to this stuff in terms of like the small wins that you can have during these types of challenges where you do overcome these micro adversities where it's like, is that the worst thing in the world that Jason's going to say no to the French toast dessert? No, it's going to be like, He's going to develop that uh, capacity to make those decisions down the road when it gets harder. It's like a, a stepping stone. You know, he's going to say no here and he's going to build off the momentum. And I think where people get tripped up in these challenges, they start to create this wiggle room for themselves where it's like, oh, you know what? I, I just had a bite of the dessert. Oh. And then, you know, the bite of the dessert two or three days later, maybe a week later, turns into now it's like a half portion or whatever. And we're asking through this challenge for a sense of like rigidity against the rules that you sent for yourself. And we're not asking that those continue on forever, but there is some really cool stuff that comes out of the fact that you will have to make some tough decisions. And then like Jason's saying, he's feeling better because of it. He had the big win. Dude, Ashley made keto brownies and they're just sitting in the, in the kitchen. And I'm just like, come on, Ash, like, what's up with this? Like I walk by these every single day. And I just want to have a crumb. That's it. Just give me a crumb, but I didn't take it. Um, hey, uh, uh, thank you, uh, Quan, for your comment. Really appreciate it. Glad you're enjoying these conversations. Uh, Capra, Jay, are you timing your food around your workouts and seeing your levels before and after workouts? I am. So I'm, I'm, I'm playing with my glucose levels. I'm playing with eating fruit before, in particular, jujitsu, and seeing if that additional um, glucose, like if any of that has any impact. I don't have any solid data as of right now, but yes, I'm definitely playing with that. Um, to answer your question, Selin, uh, I'm using one um, from Cygnos. I'm not sponsored or paid by them. It's just what I'm trying. All right, Gabe, you wanted to go back to this question, right? So Selin's wondering, um, would love to know y'all's take on women athletes in the fitness industry and the increase of autoimmune hormonal imbalances, meta uh, metabolic resistance among athletes. Wow, that's a that's a that's a heavy one. Um, that uh, Gabe, you said you wanted to answer it. So what are your thoughts well, here? I I, I mean, know. I just definitely, I definitely wanted to acknowledge it. I think that it's, it's a super in-depth question and, and I, I know I'm out of my league to kind of give any sort of like, you know, meaningful answer here. I think it's a good question though. And I do want to kind of like shamelessly plug my wife, um, Ariel Bloom, who you can, you know, check out on Instagram. Cause this is like all she talks about. Mm. Um, so definitely check her out and some of the content she puts out, but I wanted to make sure that we didn't ignore the question, but I mean, I think it's just a little bit out of, uh, out of our league to answer. Yeah. And I think that's an important note, right? Like, Hey, we look at a question, we, we could go back and do some basic, you know, some research. I have some high level ideas, but I don't feel like I have enough information to even have a, a strong opinion on, on, on that right now. I mean, MDV, do you feel the same way or? No. Yeah. I mean, a question like this, it's a, it's an interesting question. I, I think that it needs a little bit more clarification in terms of like specific examples. Are we talking about, you know, competitive, uh, 
CrossFit training? Are we talking about specific athletes? Are we talking about a study that was done? Are we talking about any sort of medical research that's kind of happening right now that's monitoring these things and seeing that there's trends over the last number of X years? It's a, it's a question that certainly has a lot of different ways that you can approach it. I would definitely need more information before like even positing an answer on it and probably not the expert in terms of being the most educated in terms of any of these things, especially in regard to a topic that doesn't impact me directly. You know, this is something that I have no personal experience with. So tough one. Yeah. And, you know, I think something that's important about this show and us talking, right, is that we, we try a lot of things. Like people ask me, why are you going carnivore? Why are you doing this? Because I want to try it. I want to, and then I want to be able to provide feedback. I've done a lot of different things in my life and I want to share what's worked and what hasn't worked for us, including training the kids, which is something I really want to get into more and more and more. But in something like this, you know, we can't really talk from previous experience because it's just not our lane. So we can go do some more research and come back to the table. I think that's important to note, right? Know what you know, know what you don't know. And, and uh, that's one we just don't want, you know, dive into anymore i uh before we sign off here um i uh i just want to see you know what's what's the big plans i know that i mean niners are playing this weekend so i'm fired up about that i you know i'm, I'm the biggest fair weather fan in the entire world i didn't watch a single game the entire season not one not even a single one of anything and then niners get the playoffs and i wear my niners hat and i'm rocking it hard so um, classic <laughs> dude uh but what are the big what are the big plans for the weekend? What's closing it up? Uh, and let's uh, let's get this uh, you know Thursday show wrapped up. Very cool. I got some jujitsu that I'm going to try and do tomorrow morning, uh, and then open mat on Saturday at my buddy's new gym. It's CrossFit Tigered here in the Pacific Northwest. Sam Hardy is an absolute savage. He's one of the best guys out there. One of the nicest guys that I've ever met, uh, and a, a fantastic coach. And then there's a big UFC fight. Uh, this Saturday night, you got Francis Ngannou versus uh, Cyril Gane or Gane uh, for the heavyweight title, and, and also the flyweight title, I believe, uh, is Moreno versus Figueredo or Figueredo. Uh, pronouncing the name wrong, but two title fights this weekend. Woo, Gabe, you keeping up on the farm? Yeah, man. I mean, not not the biggest of plans. We're building a chicken coop this weekend, so oh. a bunch of baby chicks. That we got, we had 30 baby chicks um, a couple months ago. They're like full grown chickens now. So they've outgrown their space. So we have to build the chicken coop for them. So that'll be a fun little DIY project with my dad and Bloom turning 31 tomorrow. So there'll Woo! be some birthday festivities. But um, yeah, aside from that, that's it. Here, just before we get off, I, uh, I have to try this. Um, uh, well, I'm not going to try it. Never mind. I, uh, here, everybody ready? Here it comes. Uh, ready? There it is. Oh. Happy birthday, Gabe. Trying out these new banners. Well, hey. For anybody uh, who's just listening to this podcast, Jason just put like a ticker tape <laughs> down at the bottom that says happy birthday. For hey, Gabe. trying out new things on the show. Um, Want to, you know, thank MDV, Gabe. Uh, I always love talking to you guys. Make sure you check them out on Instagram. Uh, MDV is basically... Um, <laughs> non, you know, he's crushing the IG game oftentimes without his shirt on. So you guys will get some, uh, some ripped looks of this guy. Oh, Jack. And, um, just appreciate you guys, uh, checking in. We will definitely be doing this again. So stay tuned and, uh, hope everybody has a great day. Thanks again. All right. Thank you guys.